What's going on, everybody? Welcome and welcome back to Real Reality Realness with Cherie Laveau, the podcast where I, Cherie Laveau, dive deeper into reality television than most people watching feel is necessary and ask all the questions about what they don't want out. Today, I'm going to be diving into the real reality of my real reality brother, real reality homosexual. (laughs) I absolutely love this conversation. We discuss the HCU from a marketing perspective, dissect what makes a housewife controversial versus problematic, come to a lot of common grounds on subjects despite having different tastes in housewives, and so, so, so much more. Lock in while I clock in, because we most certainly get into it. Hello. Hello. How goes it? How are you? Uh, well, it's, what is it, Tuesday? So we're almost halfway through the week. We're almost halfway. So how you holding up? Well, I'm good. I feel like it's been a very productive week for me so far. I got three websites out the door and got my week planned. So I'm, I'm good. You're Feeling good, looking back. good. That's right. Hey. Feeling Giovanni and all that. <laughs> I don't know about Giovanni, but I'll definitely do the twirl. You know, I love. I'm here. I'm here. I love Kenya. God bless her. Listen. So what's up with you? You know, looking good, feeling gorgeous, all the things of the things. Um, try, you know, just keeping the train moving, dropping the episodes. Finally got the show on all of the um, streaming platforms. So now you. So now people can find the show wherever they can stream podcasts. My my show is there. So feeling productive, feeling good. Love it. That's awesome. Yes. Thank you so much for taking my call. Of course, you're welcome. I'm happy to to chat with you. I'm loving your content, so it's it's cool to be on the on the mic with you. I'm excited. Thank you. I am as well because I love that. You're going to be responding to my questions from like a marketing perspective and like from a more informed perspective, because I think like the more unique the the perspective, the more diverse the eye, the more we can peel back layers of this really relatable-ish type of franchise. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that, you know, I... Obviously, I've been watching Housewives for a very long time, so I get the format, and I think it was when I started to understand it that I kind of looked at it differently, if that makes sense. Um, You know, figuring out who needs to stay, who needs to go. Like, often the villains are not the ones that really should be kicked off the show. It's the ones who don't do anything or are crying all the time. So from a marketing perspective, if you get rid of the person that gives you the most buzz, the most judge, it's going to be bad. I don't know why you do it. So all this fire rent a bullshit. Oh, can I swear on this this platform? Absolutely. 100%. Okay, all this rent a bullshit, blah, 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 fire her is, is stupid. Next year, if she doesn't come back, they're going to be crying because there's no drama. So it's just like, what do you want, really? That makes sense. Now let's go back a little bit and then work our way up. When okay. did you fall in love with reality TV? 
Uh, well, I think probably around the time that, uh, what was, what was before Beverly Hills? It was Orange County, then New York, then New York. Yeah, and then I think New Jersey was the last one before Beverly Hills. Okay, so probably between, like, oh, I don't know, Orange County and Atlanta. I just casually was watching it, and then when... Beverly Hills premiered is when like the obsession went into overdrive because everything was so shiny and full of money and so Beverly Hills remains to this day like one of my most favorite franchises nice do you have a specific moment watching Beverly Hills that that you knew of okay now I have to make content about this show oh my gosh so well I've been in marketing for a long time. And so I've always felt like I could make content for the show. I started my page back in 2019. I I don't know if I could pinpoint a specific moment from Beverly Hills. I think that an iconic moment from Beverly Hills, which is always so much fun to make memes about, is the dinner party from hell, which was on season one of, of Beverly Hills. So I think for me, that was kind of the first moment where I was like, holy shit. Like these women are batshit crazy and I like need to watch and I need to, to be informed. And so it kind of took off from there. Um, hmm. yeah, shout I out just, to Alison Dubois. No, definitely not a shout out to Alison Dubois. Shout <laughs> out to, <laughs> to all the women and Camille Grammer, oddly enough, who I can't stand. But I think she's the one that orchestrated that bullshit because she's <laughs> the one that, that made it happen. And so if anyone is to blame for that dinner party from hell, it's definitely Camille. For sure, because she knew what she was doing. Because, like, I love when the girls bring people on. And they're like, they're my close friends. We've we've known each other 30 years. I don't know a better person in the world. Then the friend comes on and, like, burns their house down. Yeah. It's like, Like, why'd you do this? this? The person you bring on? Oh. (laughs) What does that say about you? Got it. Well, at least the girls then understand who they're dealing with. You know? I just... I feel like these women need like I say a gay because I'm gay but I feel like they need a gay by their side to coach them through the season and like help them understand like what are you doing but then again maybe it becomes less you know reality quote unquote and and more scripted and produced I don't know but sometimes they do shit and I'm like what the hell are you doing like this could have been stopped but that's neither here nor there so well you know but hopefully one day they'll open up spots for us to actually work within the franchise and then we can solve the problems from the inside. Amen. Amen. Okay. We could be Matt Byers. You know Matt Byers? Do you know who that is? Yes. Okay. So we could be a Matt Byers, but obviously not I'm... for Karen Huger because she's already taken. Right. But... God bless her. I love her. Now... Who are your top five housewives? Like, if you could choose your five favorite out of any franchises, who are the five girls that are, like, the girls for you? Or rather, your top five, these are the girls who you're putting on your ultimate girls trip. Oh, my God. Uh, well, see, that question, like, there's so many variables. Um, well, all of these is based on your own criteria criteria so however you instinctually feel about it that's how you answer oh god i mean we've had this discussion already though like everything is is like very like 
Streamlined. Okay, so I think for Beverly Hills, it's it's Brandy Glanville. She's in my top five. Fame. However, you feel about Brandy Glanville, yay or nay? Like she knew exactly what she was doing, and she brought so much to the show. And I really, really, really hope that they bring her back next season. And they announced like they need her. Oh my god, they need totally. her totally as the side mess, as like the, the drama, as the you know, as the stir. Because people are on to Kyle. Kyle self-produces very well. She moves to the show. She does. Except this season. Yes. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Except this <laughs> season. This season, it seems like everything Renna and Kyle became known for seems to just fall apart this season. And everything they have done so well for the past however many years, they did it all badly. Like, everything they were just iconic at, they, they just seemed to just give up i was like why, why are y'all doing everything y'all usually do but worse because these crazy rabid beverly hills fans are all crying about everything they've done so well for so many years so i think that what they did is they came into the season and said okay let me not do this let me not do that but i'll do this and i'll stay in here i think they strategically picked the wrong places to be like at a 10 and Unfortunately, I think that shows, obviously, with opinions like yours, you know, like, they didn't do really good. Like, they didn't move the way they needed to. And I can understand that. I feel like it was a little bit of an off-season for both of them. Yeah, I just feel like they weren't at their sheer form. Because I don't mind somebody who who self-produces or or who ghost-produces a show. As long as you do it well. And as long as it's not sloppy. And I feel like both Kyle and Renna were very sloppy in the ghost producing because it was blatantly obvious. We could see every move they were making and why they were making it. And nothing felt like, there was no fantasy to it. There was no escapism as the fandom loves to say they like. Fair. I mean, it's fair criticism. I can't like say yay or nay on any of that. I think that it's all totally fair criticism. And if that's how the viewers feel, then I think that's fair, you know? I mean, everyone has an opinion, right? That's a whole other subject that I could talk for hours on. Everyone (laughs) is allowed to have an opinion, but that doesn't mean it's right or wrong, you know? Right. It's like your your truth versus the truth. And, you know, we can decipher that all day long. So you have Brandy in your top five. Mm -hmm. Um, Who else? Uh, Leanne Locken, for sure. Um, I think that's kind of a, an unpopular opinion of mine, but whatever. And I'm not debating your opinions. I'm here to learn about reality shows that we both watch, but through your eyes. So there are no wrong answers here. You're a safe person. Okay. Well, Leanne locking them all day. Uh, mm-hmm. So I brandy as Leanne. You know... Orange County, for me, it's a struggle because I feel like I should have a favorite because it's been around the longest, but I really don't. Like, I don't think any of the Orange County girls are in my top five at this point. Hmm. Um, I don't think any of them that were are in my top five. Um, okay. I Kenya Moore is in my top five all day long. I love gotcha. Kenya Moore. Jeez. Uh, oh, you know... Kyle Richards is also in my top five. There's two Beverly Hills, but I think that it's a fair choice. She, 
She and Teresa have really given the cameras their entire life for so long. So I think they deserve a little bit of respect for that. Whether you like them or not, it's a different story, but mm-hmm. I think we should respect them as OGs. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, I feel like I'm missing Potomac. I, Karen Huger would be in my top seven, maybe. I don't know. I really <laughs> want to think about that to give you an accurate example. But I do love Karen Huger. We can always um, come back to it. Now, while you're thinking on that, do you have a favorite tagline? A favorite tagline? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Uh, it's Brady Glanville from season, I can't remember, but in Beverly <laughs> Hills, the higher you climb, the farther you fall. I thought that was like perfect for her because yeah. she was so high. She got cheated on, her world came crashing down and she experienced that. It was like her life in in words. And then I think on the flip side of that, I think it was not only her giving a self-reflection on what her own life has been, I think it was like her giving a warning to the other castmates. Like, pay attention. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, pay attention. Look at Adrian Malouf. You know what I mean? I think that was... Was that the season that, that came out about uh, what happened with the kids? Was that, that was the same season? Three? Yeah. That was Brandy's I, second season? Um, I think that the tagline that I like is season four, though. I think it was her second tagline. Okay. It was when she wrote the book. The season she wrote the book. I mean, uh, okay. so I that's my season four. That's nine seasons ago. Eight seasons ago. I can't remember that long back. It's crazy to think I've been watching Housewives for like 16 seasons. Like, like 16. Because I've been watching Housewives since day one of OC. And they're going into season 16. It's crazy to think that I've been watching Housewives that long. Yeah, over and I'm 31 years old. I'm 31 <laughs> years old. Jesus. We don't need to talk about ages. I'm, we can I'm pushing... carry this thing all day. <laughs> I'm pushing. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> but I mean, numbers are just numbers. It's it, it's all about looks and feels until it comes to well. Let's just move on. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> do you prefer old housewives or new housewives? What I mean by that is pre or post Beverly Hills, because. Beverly Hills changed the archetype of what Housewives became. And every Housewife after Housewives of Beverly Hills premiered was trying to live up to the Beverly Hills standard. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, the opulence, the wealth that Beverly Hills brought. And I think post-Beverly Hills, that was kind of a requirement, a part of Mm -hmm. the pie, a part of the puzzle, a part of the formula that... Bravo has to like think about because they saw how wildly excited the fans got when they saw all of this money, all of this wealth. When really, like New Jersey, obviously was not like no, no offense to anyone from New Jersey, but it wasn't very glamorous. And Orange County was family vans and shit. Like mm-hmm. no, and New York was New York. Old New York wasn't pretentious. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't flashy like Beverly Hills was. I mean, they were wealthy, but it wasn't flashy wealth. It was quiet. They were like movers and shakers. Like, they were like rich screams, wealth whispers, and like, they were wealthy women. 
Yes. And so I think from that perspective, yes, I, I can understand what you're saying. And I think, do, do I prefer prayer post Beverly Hills? On the face of it, and if I had to answer right now, I'd say post Beverly Hills. Okay. Now, from a marketing perspective, what makes a great housewife to you? Oh my gosh. Uh, well, so I'm digging into my, um, I guess, the image tap that I have. Of course, a housewife has to dress well. They have to have good fashion. Well, I take that back. Let's roll it back. They maybe don't have to have good fashion, but they have to at least have a sense of style. Like, style for sure. Um, I think that they have to be unafraid of being relatable. What I mean by that is you can't have... I wish I had an example in my head. You can't have these women come on and not share anything personal, mm-hmm. not not get vulnerable with the camera. Yes, we're watching for flash. Yes, we're watching for wealth. We're also watching to get to know these women and their lives. I think so many times people think Real Housewives, like catty women, rich bitches, just throwing things and wine, like who gives a shit? But Like a Yolanda. Right, right. But, like, when you get back and you, you take back and look at it, mm-hmm. is a perfect example. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're living your life in front of the camera. That's not just, not just what the perception is. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think there's so many things that go into making a good housewife. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you should have a good banter with all of your castmates, and I don't think that you should cling to anyone. What I mean by clinging to anyone is like a Brandy Stephanie conversation or a, a bad weather conversation. I do not think mm-hmm. Sutton and Garcelle, I do not think duos are a good idea on Housewives. And if I was ever cast on a Real Housewives show or any kind of show with that type of vibe, I would align with no one. Let's elaborate on that. <laughs> why don't? Why do you not like duos? I think that it allows um, it allows you a constant uh, I'm trying to choose the right word here. I don't want to say ally, but it's true. That's how I feel. Like, I mm-hmm. feel like Brandy was always Sutton's ally. Um, I feel like Garcelle is always Sutton's ally. I felt like Whitney was always Heather's ally. So I so feel, you like, feel like it kind of breaks up the neutrality of the entire cast because now it starts to, to kind of become cliquish in a way. Right. So I I view um, I don't know what cast uh, Lisa Barlow. Let's use Lisa Barlow. I feel like she is fairly independent in the way that she moves throughout the cast. For example, last season it was it was Meredith. She wasn't um she wasn't afraid to like be on the side for Jen, but also be on the side for Meredith. Like she she was good at staying neutral. To your point. And so yeah. I think that uh, that's how probably I would operate in the in the space. So that's what I appreciate about appreciate about other people. Um, 
I just, I think the duos get a little sticky. They get a little too like, and like they lose their cojones. They don't have any balls to speak up because they have to protect their friends. Like shut the fuck up with that shit. (laughs) And on the opposite side of that, I think it almost allows you to not have to give as much because you automatically have somebody that is an ally for you to film with. So it's not like you're going to be X'd out of the group because or of, you know, this or that. Kind of like a Robin from from Potomac, where it's like she almost doesn't have to do as much to, to in the context of the show because her best friend is the strongest, like the uh, strongest personality quote unquote on the show so it allows her to almost coast through even though the fans actually don't ever let her get away with that shit yes bingo 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 that's exactly it in fact thank you for bringing them up because how could I forget them the green eyed bandits (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know how I forgot about them they're a perfect example of what I'm talking about right but like in the but in the context of housewives duos they're not that they're not that rememberable for that reason because yeah. when you think about the Green Eyed Bandits, you think about Batman and Robin, not like, not like, I'm trying to think of two equally bad, like, 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 you, like, you don't think about Beyonce and Rihanna. You, you think about Oprah and Gayle. <laughs> Get what I mean? Yes. Yes. It's very bad. It's very bad. Yes. They are Oprah and Gayle. Very now, <laughs> would you rather have it? They're very Oprah and Gail. Shout out to Oprah and Gail. Yeah. Would you rather your housewives appeal more to the audience or to the advertisers? Oh my gosh. I was not expecting the advertisers piece. Um, and I don't like prepared. either of... Yeah, I don't like either of those choices. I don't think that... Do tell. I don't like any of those choices. I don't think that they should have to act a certain way because Coca-Cola decided that they didn't like something that X person said. And, like, no offense to anyone who follows me or any of the fans, but, like, fuck the fans. They ruin everything. Their opinions aren't God. They, like... Twitter is a nightmare. Like, I I just don't think that the Housewives have any any need to listen to the fans. I, I really don't. I think that... Why would you? Why am I gonna why am I gonna listen to to some person who's in their basement or behind a keyboard with a dog profile photo that's talking about Lucy Lucy Apple Juicy five years later? Like <laughs> TFU. Like shut up already. So yeah. I don't think that they should cater to either of those. I think that they should cater to the viewer. And what I mean by that is the viewer the viewer avatar is is a regular person it's not this troll that I'm talking about it's not you know it's not the advertiser stand culture right it's just the that average viewer and so I think they need to cater to them and if they tell their true and authentic story they be themselves and you know they they do what they need to do as far as being engaged in the conversation in the season then they're going to flow naturally through it and they're going to they're going to touch somebody's life you know good bad or indifferent in whatever way that is 750,000%. Who do you think the executives play to more? 
as far as what the advertisers were as far as like do you you think they play more to what the viewers think do you think they play to more so what the advertisers think and like where the money comes from and like who's the more marketable housewives to them like where do you think their direction or their decision making comes from well, let me just say that I don't think, I think that each housewife is marketable to some audience. I think mm-hmm. there is an audience for every housewife. And so I don't think that they uh, so much worry about that. I think that when they're talking about advertisers, um, I think that at a certain point, uh, Garcelle's Jack's being bullied. Um, And even Tiffany Moon, when all that shit was happening with Dallas, they put out a statement. Um, I think from a corporate social responsibility standpoint, that may be where they intervene. But I, I I don't know if they, they may cater to the advertisers. I don't know. Some of the commercials I see on Bravo, I'm like, why is that on Bravo? But it doesn't matter. I don't know. That's a good question. And I'm not sure how to give you like a really clear answer. I feel like that was very jumpy. No, I, I, I um get the intention of where you're coming from. It's more so like, you know, they could play to one because of that's who's watching, or they could play to the other because that's where the actual money to keep the lights on is coming from. But then it, but then it also leads to like a what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Because do the advertisers come big, big? because of the audience or does the audience come because they have the budget to, to, to put these women on TV which one comes first mm, okay well I mean I think it depends on the franchise look at Dallas they had no budget and they had no, <laughs> they had no viewers <laughs> you know what I, mean? <laughs> I love Dallas don't get me wrong season 2 and 3 of Dallas were some of the best housewife seasons ever but that's an example of the network not really catering to anything (laughs) you know what i mean you have to have advertisers and you have to have a budget but i don't know what comes first i i think it depends on the franchise i really do now i think beverly hills is different i think that the advertisers would be stupid not to want to be on during that segment and so i think from a certain standpoint the network probably looks at the advertisers and things, oh, how much money can I make? You know what I mean? So I right. think there's different variables you have to think about when you're looking at that that situation. How do you think the executives can present the production of these shows to skew more positive now that the sh- now that the experience or the the experience within the fan base, especially on BH now has become extremely toxic and hard to watch like how do you think that the higher ups can now like re-steer the narrative reset things like how do you think we can add some fresh air into these shows Uh, without like completely changing it and making it something like that it wasn't before Do, do you know what I'm trying to ask yeah and I think that it's not the shows, it's social media. I agree 1,000,750,000%. Here's the thing with social media. 
there are so many ways that these accounts i mean let's get real talk for a minute like some of these bravo accounts that buy followers and have all of these thousands of followers and these bots like these women do the same thing it's factual Mm -hmm. like you know what i mean and so if we cut out all that noise all of that crazy hatred vitriol that's living on social media i think the show itself would be more positive because people would not be influenced by the narrative that they might be thinking they might think like i might think oh my gosh you know rena she has a loud mouth i bet you she did that on purpose like i wonder if she did that on purpose and then i go on to, to twitter and i see that narrative mm-hmm. i'm gonna buy it because other people are, are validating what i'm thinking right and so you know why wouldn't i buy it so i don't think it's the shows i don't think i think the shows overall well for the most part, uh, are pretty positive. They're more positive than negative. Now, there are some very dark seasons, mm-hmm. with that being said. But I I don't think it's I don't think it's the exact. I think that, sure, could they pay more attention and maybe, you know, push social media platforms to be a little bit more, like, whatever on these bots and these trolls? Sure. Like, from a corporate standpoint. But it's not it's not the shows to me it's the social media it's the vitriol it's the fans like literally like again i'm not trying to disrespect the viewers but some of them that that and i don't know I can't listen don't feel the need to be safe because well, I, I disrespect the viewers all the time fuck the fans <laughs> like seriously because at the end of the day the the negativity in the experience watching these shows, yes, do the housewives do shit that we don't like? Yes. Are some of the housewives problematic? Yes. But the general consensus of where the negativity in watching these shows comes from is experiencing it with the fans on social media. Do you get me? So, like, if we just saw something by ourselves on these shows, we would be like, oh, that's crazy, and then just keep it moving. But now we can go and open Twitter and there'd be 10 million people talking about the same thing and arguing points back and forth and saying shit that you don't find typically appealing. And now all of a sudden, now it's even worse and it's even deeper and it's even more more um, toxic because the engagement that you're having with the fans of these shows now ruins you even wanting to watch these shows because you, you're, you're seeing all of this shit that's reflecting back on the internet. And it's just fucking gross it's all of that i couldn't have said it better myself honestly like i i don't know what else i might add to that but i agree 100 percent. like it's just sad listen if you could do a cast trip over from any franchise what would it be whether to make it better not go as bad or keep it the exact same but you just want to see it again oh gosh um, gosh. You know, I really love Dallas's trip to, uh, uh, not Switzerland, Denmark. Okay. I thought that from start to finish, that trip had just enough drama with season three. Leanne and Deandra were kind of going at it. Obviously, they weren't like jiving. And so I think you had that aspect. And then I think that's also when Cameron and Brandy got into it in the elevator. And so Mm. that mess in the hallway was happening. And so I think that that trip had enough. I think all of them sitting at the table with their beers was awesome. Um, 
I, I, I think that I, I like that one. Um, I don't know what I changed. I think maybe I changed that, uh, it got so, like, nasty and, like, between Leanne and Deandra, but then again, like, I couldn't control that anyway. Um, <clears throat> the other, oh, there was a Beverly Hills trip to a, it was an exotic location. I say exotic, like the whole world is, is, an, is an exotic. <laughs> uh, it, there was a beach. Was it Bali, maybe? I don't know. I I can't remember where they went. Anyway, I remember it being very, like, um, chaotic. And so, well, maybe it was New York. I don't know. I don't know. The cast trip, like, I feel like they're all a blur. The one uh, that New York did, where the boat was all fucked up, yeah, when they all almost drowned. Yeah, like, I, would, almost... I would redo that. I would redo that one. So I they would... wouldn't drown or just yes. see it again? <laughs> I, I would make the boat ride a little less choppy for them. That's what I would do. That's my answer. <laughs> Let's just alleviate the reality Titanic of it all. Mm-hmm. Love that. I would yeah. love that if someone would do that shit for me on a daily basis. If, you know, someone says, here, soothe your anxiety. I'd be like, okay. You know what I mean? Shout out to Fairly Godparents, right? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite Nene Leakes quote? Uh, no. No, I don't. Not a fan? I really don't care for Nene. I, I used to, and mm-hmm. I, uh, there are several housewives I feel this way. I used to feel Same. Uh, really like, I used to like Nene. I think that Nene is her own worst enemy. And I think that she shot herself in the foot. And I think that once she I got these other gigs with Brian Murphy and Glee and all of that shit, I think she thought, oh my God, I'm no longer just a housewife. I'm an actual star. And I think she diminished the other women to the point where they weren't going to have that anymore. And they didn't want it. And I think slowly but surely her ego got in the way. It was never her show. Yes, was she influential in creating it? Yes. Was she influential in getting the reunions? Yes. Mimi Leakes has a lot of really iconic moments and, you know, iconic quotes. With that being said, I, I'm glad she's she's not on the show. I, I just do not care for her. That's fair. Listen, I, there's a whole 40-something minute video on my YouTube channel, basically me saying the exact same thing with a lot more four-letter words. <laughs> well, and yeah, giving just... her a whole lot of examples of things she could have been doing and, instead of sitting her ass on the internet talking shit. Okay, so that point right there is why I feel like every housewife needs the gay. Like, you could have been there to be like, don't type that, don't post that, don't say that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, I gave her a, 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 a an entire list of better things she could, she could have been doing been sitting on Twitter worrying about candy. I was like, girl, where's your Twisted Hearts Foundation? Go worry about your wig line. Where is the, where's like, like girl, go, like, 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 where's your restaurants? Where's your boot? Where's your boutiques? Why are they closing? Ah, out of nowhere, you could be going and tell a of your employees they ain't got no damn job. Well, and instead she, is worrying about why Candy got a spin on. Well, yeah, I I just think at the end of the day she uh, she she shot herself in the foot. She is the problem. She's the reason she's not on Bravo anymore. It's not Bravo. It's not the network. I agree. When 
thousand percent. How has the Bravo? How has your experience with the Bravo fandom been when it comes to social media? Um, I would probe you a little bit to specify, like, in what way. Like, are you just wanting like an overarching, like, have they been polite, or are you like wanting a more like targeted as a, answer? Um, you can go either or. If, if you have one of both, I'll take both. If you just have one, I'll, I'll take either. But I think I was asking more so of a generalized experience being a content creator within this fan base and, like, how have they embraced your content, how have they embraced you, your your opinions, since you kind of pride yourself on having technically c- considered unpopular opinions, which we'll get into in, ju- in just a second. But how has, like, that been, because this because this fan base as a whole is considered to be well is typically toxic um i think so talking overall i think the reception to my content for the most part is really positive um i had someone tweet me the other day that they liked an edit that i put out something on twitter so i think to that point the content itself is is celebrated now when it comes to my unpopular opinions, the things I'm saying, um, the the messaging I'm giving, that's a completely different story. Um, I would say that, I was thinking about this the other day, I would say that this topic kind of leads into the other Bravo pages as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like so many times people are scared to really be honest on their page and with their content and how they really feel whereas I just am always very honest Um, I don't feel like you know I say this but I had Jen Shaw's back forever Um, (laughs) I I feel like to a point they they will only fuck with who they want to fuck with if it's the same type of thought process like it is very rare that I talk to an account that I have not talked to that is new to my page because I don't really get down with like random shitty people and like conversations. Like I invest in people that invest in me. And so if you actually are honest with me and we develop a friendship through DM or whatever the case may be, that's one thing. But yeah, it, it could be very, it can be very rough out there in those those Twitter streets with some of these these fans and shit. Especially when you catch an LVP stand that's really pissed oh my about God. something. Nothing is worse. It's like a cockroach. It is. Listen, the girl... <laughs> and see, the reason why I laugh is because I agree that it is rough, but I'm also one of those people who genuinely just does not care. So I think I'm like the best person for this type of like job because I'm one of those people who like, people can send me death threats, take comments, all this stuff all day long. And I'll be like, but did you listen to the episode? <laughs> but did you listen to the episode? Cause all I need is 60 seconds for the count for a full, for, for a full play. Did you give me my 60 seconds? That's hilarious. Like, I don't care about how much of a cunt you, 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 
Do you think I am? Thank you for the compliment. Did you give me my 60 seconds? Did you subscribe to, to the podcast so you can talk <laughs> shit on more episodes? That's all I care about. Well, and that's turning the narrative around. It's turning a, po- or a negative into a positive. You know, that's just my Virgo Virgoing. You know, being in a little cool about it and being like, yeah. Because you know what? I'm going to get some type of pushback regardless, right? So instead of wasting my time nitpicking through it and and arguing back with people and doing all of the things that the things and being upset that that like that like somebody says that I look crazy because I I, I don't have eyebrows. It's like bitch, I chose to not have eyebrows. Next. (laughs) Well, I love that that confidence. I feel like so many people like are afraid to actually be their true self, and I feel like until you're really your true self in general, like speaking broadly, you're never going to get the full reception of the world that you deserve. You know what I mean? People deserve to see your true enough like self. So if they're worried about your eyebrows, fuck them. Like maybe they should check their eyebrows. Chances are they're bushy, bitch. And and more than likely your eyebrows make you look like like a full-blown lesbian. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Uh, That's probably why you mad. No disrespect to lesbians. No disrespect to lesbians, but I mean, Brandy called out your eyebrows, not me. So, (laughs) take that up with Brandy. (laughs) But, but I think for me, it's I am myself by default because I'm not a good faker. Like, I can't, like, I've tried to be a more pulled together, more uh, Garcelle together presentation and I'm just not that girl like I'm just not that girl so I have to accept that I am you know I'm you know very righteous I have great intentions I stand up for great things I am an activist but I am also ratchet as fuck and people tend to like that people embrace me being ratchet by stereotypical definitions of course but and however, it seems to be working for me. I more so want to give newscaster tease, but the girls like that I'm just like one of the girls on Instagram <laughs> talking shit. Uh, <laughs> that's so, hilarious. But it's like, what can you do? You can either embrace it or you can either spend your time, waste your time faking it, and then your content suffers. So it's like, you can either be yourself and keep winning, or you can try to be a better version of what you think you should. Hey girl, hey. Can you edit those together? Yeah. Okay, good, because I just, I had a phone call come in and I was like, I'm like, it disappeared. I'm like, what the fuck? And I did the lock, and it was a phone call. No, it's all good. Um, I, <laughs> the, these are supposed to feel like phone calls, but I embrace the irony that I'm presenting a fake fourth wall while I'm talking about reality television on a podcast. So oh, all of the like random shit, like the calls getting dropped and the and the cuck cuck cuck. <laughs> out that just embraces the uh, fact of like reality tv is fake and me doing my interviews 
that way just shows you that it's all fake at the end of the day. Do you get what I mean? So it's all good. Yes. Okay, good. But no, like, for me, it's just like, I don't really have a choice but to be this way because, like, I, I, I can either, like, embrace the fact of, like, I am who I am and it just happens to work for me. Or I can embrace trying to be a better version of myself and waste and waste time and lose my audience because they see me out here faking it. So Mom. I just embrace being ratchet. God bless yeah. y'all. <laughs> and let them worry about them later on. Joe, they can worry about their own content. Shit, I got this over here. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> they like, like I got no content. Go and start your own damn podcast. Hell. Now listen. What defines an unpopular opinion for you? Uh, for me, an unpopular mm-hmm. opinion. What what oh, what defines an unpopular opinion? I think one that gets people um, reacting in a combative, assertive, or uh, negative way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that it's an opinion that not a lot of people share. Mm-hmm. G- generally speaking, in my life, I go for the underdog. Uh, and so I think maybe from that perspective, like the unpopular person is the underdog. And so I, I don't know. I think that it's, it's that, it's that, I think it's those three things. And maybe one that, that doesn't get a lot of reach, (laughs) you know, I don't know. (laughs) I feel like I've never really looked at my insights like that because I honestly don't care that much, but it happens more than it doesn't with me, I think, because I just, again, and we've talked about this, I just kind of say how I feel. And sometimes that's not really like the, the, you know, PC thing to do, supporting Cameron Westcott. It's not Mm -hmm. the right thing to do. I need to support Tiffany Moon. No, I don't because I'm not gonna, and I won't. So thank you and goodbye, you know? (laughs) So I think that as far as an unpopular opinion, it just, it's kind of everything all wrapped into like, just the perfect storm yeah so by your so by your definition now i know you don't look at your like rate rate of responses and the analytics and all of that but do you think that you could just from a general consensus do you think you you can pinpoint your most unpopular uh, opinion piece of content or just exchange that you've had about reality tv or 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 about housewives Uh, geez, I feel like, I don't know, that's a hard question for me to answer. Because I think there's so many different times that it's happened where, like, it goes left. Twitter, it goes left a lot more than it does on Instagram. Um, I, I think the Cameron Westcott thing was hard for some people to handle based on the DMs I got. Um, Mm. I mean, and listen, people are not as crazy as they could be with me and, like, responding in my DMs, but, like, they think that they can say whatever they want to say and it's just not whatever. But anyway, that's a different story. Um, Mm -hmm. I think Cameron Westcott, for sure, I think that Jen Shaw was a really unpopular opinion. 
mm-hmm. um, viewed as such, and I <clears throat> rode for her like till the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think from that perspective, I got called a criminal. You're probably in on it. Um, you're supporting a criminal. Blah blah blah. All that bullshit um, that happens. I think that that was an unpopular opinion that was kind of one that was big. Um, honestly, Leanne Locken, after the whole, if we want to go back a few years, after the whole uh, Mexican comment mm-hmm. at, Car- at Carrie, I was still team Leanne. I don't believe she's a racist. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think that, and now that I'm saying these things out loud, I think that probably the majority of the time people come for me is when I don't fall in line with how they feel about race. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think that I just hit hit a nail on the head for that one. We love a breakthrough like, here. Well, I mean, people. I don't know how to explain this. I don't know, like, how to elaborate on how I'm feeling about it. Like, I just don't feel like racism. Let important. me see if I can help you out here. Okay. Do because it. what I think you're saying is that because you're not willing to label someone. Because you're not willing to label someone a racist because they did something that was racist, now all of a sudden people call you racist. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. Absolutely. That's exactly it. And I think that that's where that opinion of people being oversensitive comes from because it goes all of a sudden from being socially aware to being extremist. And there's really... On social media, there tends to be no middle ground or no gray area where it's like, there's no difference between somebody doing something that is racist and them just flat out being a racist. Do you get me? Totally. So when you don't sit and just automatically condemn them as a terrible person, you're automatically looked at as condoning racism when it's like, but that's not what I'm saying. I don't agree with what they did, but I'm also not willing to to say that that's who they are. Am I getting that right? Yeah, you are. And I think the best example of that is Cameron. Mm -hmm. That's, I think that's the best example because for those that aren't from Texas, have never been to Texas, Dallas is like a big city, but it's very Texas, right? And so Cameron Westcott, being in a predominantly white area of Dallas, maybe I shouldn't even say that because it's not just predominantly white, sheltered, um, wealthy, she's in a box, she's in a bubble. I think she truly lives in a bubble. Mm -hmm. And so when she made the chicken feet comment, I don't believe there was any malice ill intent in that. I think that she was genuinely not wanting to try it because she genuinely thought it could make her sick. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't believe she was being shady or trying to be disrespectful by not trying it and making a, a statement about it. I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. But I've also, you know, been able to kind of understand that whole process, I guess, from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And so for me, when someone says, oh, Cam's a racist or racist Cam, like, I just can't even deal with it because they have no idea what they're talking about. Chances are they've never sent her a message and asked her why she said it or what she was thinking or Mm -hmm. whatever. 
they've never invested the time to get to know to your point there's no kind of gray area where people can live and experience those types of things and so you know they haven't they haven't gone the extra mile to figure out if it's actually true and to just spout off like that without actually knowing whether or not someone used a microaggression on accident versus someone is a flat out racist to your point like it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous See, I think that where that gray area comes in is where the room for conversation is supposed to happen. I think that if there was room for a, for, for a gray area, which I've kind of created for myself because I have been able to listen to conversations and listen to, to people from both sides on the lighter things and be able to kind of dissect where those gray areas are. It's like, at the end of the day, not it, people say things they don't mean all the time right now because we're in a more socially aware climate of more socially aware this that, and the third and then there are also huh, let's go one at a time we're in a so we're in a more socially conscious climate so people are more hyper fixated on bringing awareness to the things that are happening out here in the world right that can automatically lead to extremist views if not handled properly now with that being said there are also people with on top of these people who have these genuine intentions to bring awareness to these social issues who may or may not go to an extremist view on it there are also people who are just doing it for clout and who are just faking being woke and who are just doing shit just to do shit and then it conflates minor shit with real issues so therefore the value of the conversation gets diminished do you know what i mean yes totally so with cameron it's like listen i've seen shit that i just don't want to eat like i like like i'm that girl if it doesn't look appealing to me I don't want to eat it so if it just happens to be a cultural delicacy I'm not meaning to be culturally insensitive that just don't look good to me do you get what I mean well sure so I can recognize how somebody could want how how somebody could say that and not intentionally be offensive and also how somebody else could see that and be like wow she's an asshole for that but where the line needs to be drawn is like there also has to be a a, a, a space and opportunity for education and explanation. Just as much as you, just as much as people of color want to add, want to add, want to add, want to add, add, educate Cameron Westcott, you also have to allow Cameron Westcott the room to explain her perspective. Because it may not be as deep as y'all think it is. Well, and I think that she was robbed of that when they didn't renew for season six. Mm -hmm. I think that she had a chance, and maybe she will. Maybe they'll reboot it, but I doubt they'll go back there because I would be shocked if they would they recast a Tiffany. Um, But I think that's something she never got to do. You know, Mm -hmm. she never got to actually explain it. And I think that you're dead on with that. I think that she never had a chance to even go as basic as say hey that doesn't look good to me i 
sorry, I'm not going to eat it. If I don't, it doesn't look good to me, I'm not going to eat it. Like that wasn't enough for everyone else. They had to make it that it was a cultural insult, that it was a, a, a race thing. It was a, an insult to, to Tiffany, you know, and they just couldn't leave well enough alone. Right. And, you know, I also <coughs> believe in allowing people the opportunity to see themselves on television and see how they come off. Because I don't think that somebody should be fired without that opportunity. Like, do you like see how that comes off? See how what you said can come off insensitive to people. Now, is recognizing the cultural insensitivities of that wrong? No, but is blanketing that as her as her intention wrong? Yes because you don't give her the opportunity to explain where she was actually coming from and giving yourself the opportunity to educate her on how that can also appeal to to somebody who doesn't look like her. Because you can only know what what you know. You don't know what you don't know until you realize you don't know it. Well, these fools act like they know everything. 100%. And speaking of that, a lot of people think that they have unpopular opinions until they actually post it and they realize that everybody feels the exact same way. How many actual unpopular opinions have you posted that you knew were going to be unpopular and were correct versus the opinions that, that you posted that you didn't expect <coughs> to be unpopular and then they just blew up? Uh, well... I think the one that I didn't expect to be unpopular, um, and it wasn't even opinion, it was more a content piece of post. Um, back in season one of Salt Lake City, uh, there was a, uh, a woman named Sarah who came in just for one episode to the birthday party at Jen Shaw's house. Uh, I can't remember her name or her the rest of her information. Anyway, uh, it turns out that she was at... Um, the January 6th insurrection. I don't know her involvement, but she took pictures there at the Capitol. And so I posted a side-by-side. Um, and that was very quickly, like very anxiety full of shit for me because like suddenly I was getting people that were like weird and so many people liking my posts, like so many people following me. So it felt very much like almost a negative reaction. And then... <coughs> Eventually, I had to apologize to Heather and Whitney because people started tagging them and saying they're crazy and they're in on it. And so suddenly I'm in their DMs like, sorry, they didn't mean for this to happen, whatever. Eventually I took the post down and here I am talking about it. Anyway, long story short, I think that was the, the biggest piece of content and or moment for me with my page where I was like, whoa, I didn't know that was going to happen that way. Um, that was a pretty negative experience for me, actually. I can totally see that. Now, once again, <coughs> you better than me, because I wouldn't have took down shit. Bitch, no. she was the one at the... You was the one at the Capitol. I don't got shit to do with me. You mad <coughs> that they captured it? Why are you mad at me because I posted it? Get off my well, dick. I think that... Here's here's the thing. If I was at that time more concerned that... Whitney and Heather were getting like lambasted about it 
And so I felt bad that they were like the collateral damage in the post. And I didn't even mean really to like make it a, a thing. It just, I posted the content, it was like there, it just happened and it just blew up. So I think me taking it down was more so for them than it was about yes. their Yeah, I just, I didn't, I didn't want to be part of bullying them. You know what I mean? I didn't want my shit to be the catalyst for why they were being bullied. And it was, and it happened very quickly. And so I very quickly took it down. Now that I can understand. (coughs) And then Whitney blocked me. But whatever. That's fine. See, that's the shit I be talking about. Listen, we'll we'll move on. Because I be done woke her ass out all across this podcast. Anyway... (laughs) now what is the difference between a controversial housewife and a problematic housewife to you um real and fake I think Mm. Uh, I think that's how I would I would answer that I think controversial when I think controversial I think manufactured I think um, fake. Mm-hmm. I think problematic is a an adjective I would describe Ramona. She's problematic and problematic from a standpoint that the things she says on camera can lead to problems and or is very racially insensitive or um, has a real a real uh, consequence, if you will, a real it affects somebody like right. in a real way versus controversial oh Brandy Glanville threw a glass of wine at Eileen she's so crazy maybe she has a drinking problem she's always so controversial like I don't believe that n- not that Those that stuff wasn't way. real but I mean I feel like that's manufactured fluff from the media I don't I don't buy into that I think that problematic is uh, Kelly Dodd problematic she's mm-hmm. very problematic you know, so I think in in that scenario, you just they they're they're a liability at a certain point. If that makes sense, it makes perfect sense. That's a brilliant response. I I probably would have said it the exact same way, to be perfectly honest. And I and I thought about that question out of nowhere when I was getting ready to call you. I was like, I wonder how you'd feel about this. <laughs> well. <laughs> I mean, that's that's really, I think for me, what it boils down to is that you have to look at the intention behind it and, and the real life consequences, you know? Right. <laughs> oh my God, something is stuck in my throat. Um, do you want to play a game with me? <coughs> Okay. <coughs> Have you ever heard of the game this, this or that? Uh, yes. Okay. Kinda like shoot or boot. Basically. Basically. I've created my own version of that with housewives and or Bravo stars, just depending on who I'm talking to. These are all going to be housewives. Okay. So. Oh God. Now, how I like to have people approach this so they won't think too long about it is, do you remember the America's Next Top Model show? Uh-huh. Now, how I would like for you guys to approach this is, you're Tyra Banks. 
and these are two housewives and you have one contract. Oh, and, okay. And 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 you can only call one name, and whoever you call will get the contract to continue on next season, and the other will immediately pack their bags and return to obscurity. Okay, let's do it. Drew or Sanya? Drew. Kenya or Marlo? Kenya. Kyle or LVP? Kyle, all day, every day. <laughs> Monique or Candace? Monique. Jill or Bethany? Pass. <laughs> Gretchen or, or Alexis? God, Gretchen. <laughs> These are getting harder and harder. I do what I can. Candy or Phaedra? Oh my god. Uh, there's so many different reasons for both. Candy. Because <laughs> I think ears. what Phaedra did was bullshit. Mm-hmm. Vicky or Tamara? Tamara. Kelly or Heather? Uh, Heather. Gina or Emily? Oh, jeez. They're both so nice. Uh, <laughs> I'd probably take Gina. Same, actually. That's always been my answer. Um, Sutton or Diana? Oh, God. Uh, Diana. Brandy or Denise? Brandy. Camille or Renna? Renna. Crystal or Teddy? Teddy. Garcelle or Erica? Erica. Bonus question. Okay. 818, Vita Tequila, Casa de Sol. Vita Tequila all day. Work. Love that. (laughs) See how easy that is? Vita Tequila all day. It's so crazy you asked that question. I was just thinking I needed to get me some of that. Have you heard of that she's doing this hard seltzer now? Not that I'm trying to plug her hard seltzer, but she's doing it. I haven't tried it yet. Lisa. <laughs> so shout out to Lisa. So she's doing a Vita Hard Seltzer? She is. Oh, it's or... actually called uh, Blue Jay, I think it's what it's called. Blue Jay Hard mm-hmm. Seltzer. Okay. I'll ask her for a picture and I'll post it in the stories. Nice. I'll probably I... end up being oh, labeled as paid by Lisa Barlow, but that's okay. She's a great person to get a check from. Screw that. I know. Just like I was paid by Jenna <laughs> Shaw, which was crazy. I wish. I wish. That would be my donation back to her victims. Like, I, like, ah, 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 I was saving this for my own grandmother. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe that. Anyway. Listen, I'm just more of an asshole. I like like that but the fact that she literally led every well she pretended to lead she thought she was leading everybody on she led Andy Cohen on for a year and a half to only plead girl anyway how do you think content creators can contribute to the maturity of the fan base experience on social media uh okay how do I feel (laughs) like content content creators can increase the maturity. Yeah, like 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 how do you think what do you think like are ways that we could 
positively contribute to the fan base or like help mature or help increase a more positive fan base experience because like we were saying earlier like 90% of the negativity from these shows spews from the fan bases and on social media so how do you think content creators people who a lot of the times are starting or propelling the conversations around these shows what do you think we can do to contribute to a more positive engagement with the fan base and with these television shows? Well, I have two angles. Number one, understand why we should, quote unquote, try to be more positive and affect change in that way. I think the flip side to that and the one that I'm sitting on right now is why is that our problem? So we- I battle between that. (laughs) You know, we, we make content for these shows, um, our posts are often shared, all of us, you know, through different mediums, from the housewives, from the Bravo Loves, whoever they are, you know. So we're we're in a way affecting a positive um, promotion of the show, right? So in from my view, and especially from a marketing professional, when I whip together a graphic on Canva and I throw it up about the premiere tomorrow night. I'm doing what Bravo's not doing, right? Right. And on some of these, some of these shows, the promo is lighter than the other. You know what I mean? So, while I agree that we could all do more to be really positive and fix it, I just don't think that it's our job to do that because I feel like we are already in the space being vulnerable to a point where people are coming into your DMs, you know, death threats, whatever the case may be, like, that's some heavy shit. And so, like, why are we going to take on any more? And why do we have to make it more positive when the ones that are making it negative are the fans? What about holding the fans accountable for the bullshit that comes out of their fucking mouth? Like, I've had enough of them. I feel like Beverly Hills, for me, this whole season has been nothing but psychotic vitriol on Twitter. And I don't know why I go back every night. I don't know why I fucking do it. Because, because like, I I do know, actually. I don't want my fucking experience to be ruined. So I go back and try to ignore that shit. But why, why do I have to fix it? Why can't we hold the viewers accountable for the bullshit that they say? Which then goes back into the whole bot thing, the whole troll thing, the whole buying these things. Like, right. <clears throat> it, it's a circle. Um... So I don't know if that's the answer, like, yeah, I guess that's the answer I'm, I'm giving. Like, whether or not your listeners like it or not. Like, I don't really give a shit. Like, I don't feel like it's my <laughs> problem to promote positivity when I think I do so pretty well. I think I stay above the fray 97% of the time. I think there's 3% of the time where I go below the line. And generally speaking, if I feel like the content's out of line, I'll take usually take it down. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm already positive. That's fair. Yeah, I honestly wrestle between both of those diasporas, to be perfectly honest, because, you know, I have a whole YouTube channel that was about analyzing and dissecting human rights and and social awareness problems within the pop culture space. And then when I started this podcast, I was like, I don't really want to do that. Don't really care. I really just... I really just want to talk my shit and have fun. 
and that's what I'm gonna do. And, you know, I think that in the beginning, I got a little bit of not even pushback. I think it was more confusion because, you know, I was... I was always that girl. Like, I started, like, calling into YouTube panels and going on people's YouTube channels and talking about all of the things of the things that people were, were like, too scared to acknowledge in the comment section. And that's kind of how I kind of beca- became somebody that was somewhat sort of recognizable or whatever to no real degree. But it, it like, I think at some point, you do hit that wall of why is this my problem? Why am I now solely making myself responsible for the character behaviors of motherfuckers that I do not know? Mm -hmm. I'm not responsible for the fans' behaviors. I'm responsible for my eight-year-old daughter's behavior and my three dogs' behavior. That's all the people I gotta be worried about. My husband is a grown-ass man. He got him. And I'm not responsible for none of the bitches on Twitter. So at the end of the day, I'm not going to waste my time making content about how you bitches should be more socially responsible. Mm-hmm. Y'all got mamas. I'm over here clapping. And I live. Like, because I like, I'm going to talk my shit regardless because at the end of the day, I know that I never say anything about anybody in any true malice. So if I'm reading you the house down, then oh well, girl, take the L. Yes, your wig is crooked. Yes, your clothes are taggy. Go ahead and do better next season. Leave leave the shit the fuck alone. And then if you're just problematic, be so, like, grow up. Go to a counselor. Take that up with your therapist, not me. People are so crazy. Call your producer about that. Don't talk to me. Call call Andy Cohen. Don't call me. Because that ain't my goddamn problem. Take take that up with the editors. No longer my issue. Yeah. You know, I, I've never... Yeah, I've never really... Uh, I think... I'll say this. I don't ever really... I'll say whatever I think for the most part. I think where I draw the line is any sort of comment that would put me in any sort of legal hot water and or I never criticize something a woman cannot change. One of the cats right. cannot change. For example, oh, her house is so ugly. Oh, that dress is horrible on her. Oh, um, I don't like that wig. Mm-hmm. You know, like if they can remove it from themselves, as far as I'm concerned, I can have an opinion. Yeah. <clears throat> Anything that is on their body that they cannot remove, I have no business criticizing in any manner and that's always how I've been because I feel like I like to walk with a little bit of integrity in my step you know I love that I love that see for me I'm always like girl listen there's just certain (laughs) shit that's just like for me there's just certain lines I don't cross just because I'm not gonna be sued I ain't gonna put myself up to be sued and there's just certain like 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 you said legal lines that I won't cross but like for me I'll pretty much say whatever I'm feeling because I'm never gonna truly go after someone like oh she's a bad mother she deserves to be this and the third now 
I will say, I do feel like Jin Shaw traumatized her son Omar, but that's a completely different conversation. You can watch my YouTube video on that. But that was more so about children's mental health than it was about Jin Shaw being an asshole. Anyway, <clears throat> I will say that it's just, it, it's just like, there's just certain things, like, I'll say what I need to say, but I'm only going to willingly allow myself so much time to, to talk about it. Because how long can you rehash an opinion? It's like, girl... Nene Leakes said it best. I said what I said, girl. Like, what do you mean? Like, I said what I said. And if there's a moment for me to be, you know, taught something new and the opportunity for me to change the opinion, then it's going to happen within the first few, few exchanges of dialogue. But I'm not going to argue with you for, 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 for two hours about the same thing. It's like, we're either going to be at an impasse or we're not. So let's just move on. You know? It is what it is. <clears throat> it always is what it is. Bottom line. That's And that's how I live my life. It is what it is. I could what trip the- and fall over this dog gate right now. It is what it is. I could be pissed all day long. <laughs> that's very true. What's your favorite show outside of the Housewives cinematic universe? The Golden Girls. I love that. I've Love watched it that. for years and years and years. I go to bed with it every night. And I will say now that uh, Hulu has Golden Palace, the, the mm-hmm. only season of Golden Palace, I've been watching that shit on repeat too. Love it. Do you listen to Out on the Lanai? What's that? It's a Golden Girls podcast where they went back and watched every single episode of the Golden Girls and they talked about it. And then eventually they just finished doing the entire season of the Golden Palace. So they Uh just finished that as well. And then one of the hosts is a really, well, well, they're a semi-new drag queen. I don't know exactly how new they are, but they're a drag queen who goes under the name Sadie Pine. That's hilarious. I'm going to have to find that. Hilarious. Yes, I'll send it all to you. I I binge that podcast like every other day. I love their show. I I will totally send that to you. Did you watch Bravo before Housewives? No. No. That sucks. Like, I are you talking like uh, the Tabitha show? Yeah, like, 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 like Tabitha, Kathy Griffin, Rachel <laughs> Zoe, the original Project Runway, Flipping Out. You know, I never watched Flipping Out because I always wanted to, like, oh, I can't stand him. What's his name? James, Jeff. Uh, what's his, uh, Jeff Phillips? Jeff, Jeff is that Lewis. his name? Jeff Lewis. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Like, did you hear me trying to suffer for the freaking word? <laughs> just, just, um, just white knuckling it. Yeah. Uh, no, I never watched that show. Never really cared for that show. I didn't really care for him. Um, you know, I do like Married to Medicine. Married to Medicine is a jam. I loved L.A. I don't know why we didn't get another season of L.A. I actually liked Houston as well. Mm. So <clears throat> I think Married to Medicine was a good show. Um, I mean, but before Housewives... No, I didn't really watch anything. I 
I was one of the original Bravo viewers. Like, I was in love with Bravo before Housewives because I watched every single Kathy Griffin comedy special. I watched all six seasons of my life on the D-list. I love Rachel Zoe. Then I watched the Brad Brad World. Shout out to him on Canada's Drag Race now. Um, Like, I was all of those shows. So I wouldn't have watched Housewives if I wouldn't have watched those shows before. Okay. So it's so well, interesting to see the people who like know Bravo, who like know Bravo only because of Housewives. I love to see those girls. Yeah, that's that's basically me, and I think <clears throat> it remains like I don't watch Below Deck, Southern Charm, none of those shows. Like the only thing I watch on Bravo really is Married to Medicine and The Real Housewives. Same. That's 100%. the only Bravo content I consume and really the only reason I have Peacock is because of Miami so okay that's all the reason I have Peacock too I don't know I just I I think that the real housewife provides me like an escape to do what I enjoy doing this is a hobby it's not a career for me it's not a job um and so it's kind of my way to escape and like be creative I guess that's why I call it the Housewives Cinematic Universe because it's really its own Marvel. It's its own DC. It's its own world. There are so many franchises, so many Housewives, so many like countries and cities and iterations and formats. Like there's so much Housewives to consume that you don't have to watch any other television if you don't want to. No, exactly. Well, and all of these uh, international franchises now, I do mm-hmm. wish we could get better access to a lot of those. Tubi. Well, no, I have Tubi. They have everything, right? They have Durban. They have Johannesburg. They have Sydney, Melbourne, Toronto, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe not Toronto. It's Vancouver. Um, I can't. But, remember. like, the... Uh, well, I guess they have Cheshire, too. So, I guess there's a lot of them out there. Did you watch Johannesburg at all? I gave Johannesburg like two or three episodes, but I was in the midst of doing a lot at the time. So I, so that's been at the top of my binge list. That's the first one that, that I'm going back to watch. Yes, it, you, yes, you have to. Madame, oh my God, Madame, like, oh, I loved her. I loved her. Speaking of, speaking of the international franchises, let's talk Dubai really quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thoughts and feelings, let it out. Seven out of ten. Hated Sergio. That's not bad. That's not bad. I mean, it could be a lot better. It could be an eight out of ten. I hated that Sergio was in every episode. Don't want it, don't need it, no thank you. (laughs) And chances are I don't really care for Caroline Stanberry either. Um, I tried to invest myself in Dubai as they were filming um, and so I think the experience while they were filming versus when it aired was completely different for me and I think that has kind of given color to my thoughts and experience overall I think okay. that my MVP is Lisa Milan I saw that coming a million miles away uh, okay. I think that she is my favorite um, okay. I think Chanel is number two I love her. Um, and I think that Brooks and Sarah can battle for number three. 
Um, I I think Nina is good. I wish Nina would have given us more. I think that she deserved a second season. Really, no housewife should ever be on one season. You don't get to know anyone in one season. I agree. So, I think that Nina was okay. Um, and that leaves Dan Barry and well, thank you. Fair enough. I don't know. I just think that it was a little bit vanilla for me. I, I think that every season one is very like, oh, right? Like, the yeah. first three or four seasons, you kind of have to trudge through with shit kicking boots. And then it kind of like <laughs> speeds up. And I just don't feel like Dubai ever did that. I, especially after the reunion, I I need all of the women to just kind of let the, the platform they're on like be and not try to control the narrative too much. I think that's yeah. something that I'd like to see um, and kind of trust each other. I don't feel like any of them trust each other really except for Chanel and Lisa. I don't think that they I don't think that they have allowed themselves to trust their cast yet just based on the things that were said and done at the reunion. Gotcha. If you could join or create a franchise, which would you do? Uh, okay, wives, well, I have a couple follow-up questions. Am I casting or am I just creating the franchise and like producing? Um, well, I have a follow-up question based on your answers, but if, but specifically in this question, if they called you and was like, hey, do you want to join an existing franchise or do you want a Mariah Huck contract and create your own franchise, create your own show, which would you do? The, The Mariah Huck contract. Please elaborate. Okay. Um... It would be seven women. Okay. Um, I think that the location, I, I, I'm not sure of. I know a few. Like, I would love it if they would actually pull the trigger on fucking Scottsdale and stop, like, doing what they're doing with, like, casting and recasting. That's such bullshit. Like, let's They have been it. edging me with Scottsdale Ugh. for years. It I just intense, bro. Like, this is the... This is the longest edging session I've ever had in my life with Scott. It's Day. like we have to either do it or let's definitively not do it. Like one or the other. Genuine psychological torture at this point. It is. Anyway. Like um, it's worse than it, Rihanna's ninth album. Nine. Does she have nine albums? She has eight. And like the fans have been begging her for for a ninth album for years. <laughs> It seems like she will release everything but an album at this point. She done had a baby and won't drop a damn album. (laughs) So her fans have been begging her for more music for years, and all we get is makeup and underwear. Shout out to Rihanna, though. (laughs) I did love her music. Um, I love her music, too. I don't know. I think that, well, I'm going to all the cast, all the cities that we have casted, and I wish that they they would have actually moved forward. You know where I would love to see a housewife in Seattle. I I thought about that too. Like I Seattle as well. Mm-hmm. I think the vibe is different. The weather's different. The climate's different. The shooting's different. So everything is so different mm-hmm. um, that I think Seattle would be actually where I choose seven women. Seven women, Seattle. Um, they're middle aged. They can't be too young because young girls can't commit, and they're too afraid of their image. Um, and I feel like you just, uh, I don't know. I, 
I feel like I could probably cast if someone gave me 50 women and said mm. here it is this is your cast for Real Housewives of Seattle I would narrow it down to seven and I could do it I bet you I could cast it nice because my next question was going to be if you could work on a franchise and they gave you the option of what job you could do would you produce edit or cast yeah I think I cast I love that. So then we have we have a great team dynamic going because I would want to edit personally. Yeah. See, I I don't want to sit behind a computer and like put it together. I just mm-hmm. wanna I wanna I would probably cast and produce. Can I cast and produce? Sure. Actually, I'd like to cast and produce from like the background. So like there's the the EP and the executive producer and all that, and I just like to be in the background like observing once in a while. Like, oh, you're going on a cast trip to Bali? Let me jump on a plane and go with you. You know, that'd be me. Nice. My personal choice would be to edit because, well, one, I am the girl who can sit behind the computer for days at a time. I Like, I'm always the one that would be the computer hacker in every action movie. Like, I'm that girl. So, I would want to see every single drop of footage that exists I want to see exactly what was really going on and I feel like that's where the real story is told is in the editing bay I feel like that's where we get the meat of these shows is in the editing bay because that's where they skew everything and they break it down and they give us what we're going to be talking about for the next three months yeah That's, that's power that's real fucking power but I don't know if, if I deserve that type of power, but it's power. You do, but if you misuse it or you're not good with it, then you can create such a huge fucking mess. And I feel like that's where I'd love. Like, I'd be like, oh, I wasn't supposed to do that. Oops. And everything would end up on the floor. And they'd have to edit it all over again. <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility, my darling. Yeah, and I'd rather be responsible for casting the women instead of editing them. Because look, listen, if you're the casting casting director, you're the one that put them on the show. They're always going to love you. It's the editors that they get pissed off with that the story doesn't go their way. Exactly. But if they end up being problematic, then I blame you as <laughs> the person that cast them. That's fair. I take that responsibility. With great power <laughs> comes great responsibility. responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I it. love that. Now... Let's just step into the land of illusion for a minute. Let's just let's just have a moment of pretend. Let's just have some fun and have a completely hypothetical a completely hypothetical moment. Where would you wear seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar earrings? Um Oh my gosh. So many places. I think that um a really nice dinner with some friends catching up who we haven't seen in years. Um, I would wear those earrings to a movie premiere. Um, I would wear those earrings to a casual dinner. Actually, I probably wouldn't. Uh, I'm not. I'm just trying to take care of the side here. Um, I'm just trying to take care of the side. We're just trying to make this make sense at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just keep rambling. Um, I would wear $750,000 earrings only for a special occasion, just as I will only wear my Chanel Number no. 5 perfume, not cologne, 
only for special occasions because it's what my mother used to wear. So it provides me nostalgia and a feel-good blanket around me when I wear it. In fact, I wore it over the weekend because we had a nice dinner. Work. So classy. I love that. Oh, it smells so good. I'm smelling it right now. Mmm. I love that. Now, we were talking earlier about your top five. And I mentioned how, like, if you can name your um, top five, think of it as maybe your cast for your ultimate girls trip, right? Where are you sending these girls? Oh, my gosh. Um, well, God, I mean, there's so, there's so many variables if I was going to create the perfect girls trip. But I think right offhand, I would love for them to go to Hawaii. Like, mm-hmm. Real Housewives in Hawaii. That's all it would need to be called. Mm-hmm. And can we back up for a minute, though, on this uh, ultimate girls trip to the ex-wives club? I will mm-hmm. I will stand by the fact that it should have never been the Real Housewives ex-wives club. It should have been... Or it should have never been Real Housewives ultimate girls trip ex-wives club. They should have cut the ultimate girls trip and just left it Real Housewives ex-wives club. Yeah. Like I, re- I really hope they rebrand that and they do a second season of that because they could probably get three or four seasons out of that brand. And see, Bravo or Peacock just needs to call me and I can give them plenty more fucking ideas. Listen. I don't know why. I don't know why they didn't do that. It's so smart to me. It makes so much sense. I it's don't not think a long this- arc. You can't get ten seasons out of that. But you can get four or five. You know what's crazy is I don't think that they realize what they had until they had it because I think didn't they name themselves the ex-wives club on the show or was yes. that probably just planted by a by a by a producer and was like you're the ex-wives club say it on camera I don't know it could have been either way probably but I feel like I bet you it was an aha light bulb moment like oh shit none of we us should are on our shows right now mm-hmm. yeah and I feel like they still have time. I feel like they can still separate that into two brands. Do the Ultimate Girls Trip where they just have random girls who may or may not be on the show, but then have a specific rotating cast of girls. See, that's how you keep it going, is you take the girls who aren't on their respective shows and you mix them in as a revolving cast. Maybe they stay on the show each season. Maybe they go and come back and you rotate in new girls and you bring them in and you take them out and you bring them in and no one ever really comes or goes, right? And you make it the the ex-wives club. So like you make that kind of like a sorority of girls that you just rotate around with each other and just kind of see where that goes. And then girls get fired from the show every day. Well, and most of those girls aren't aren't ready to leave reality TV. So we could at least get one season of all those girls on XY's Club. Well, we can snippet this conversation. We're going to put it on Instagram and we're going to tag Bravo and Peacock and they should fucking take a listen. But I would also say that VH1 did this. Mm-hmm. With like, I love money. I love New York. They all like, uh, Megan, how... Love and Hip Hop Family Reunion. Yes, like, I mean, it was, first it was Rock of Love, Rock of Love 2, Charm Daisy School. Daisy of Charm. Love. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> Double Shot of Love. Who were no longer on the show still had a platform, and I think that Real Housewives, X-Wives Club should be a brand. I think so, too. 
And listen, if I've been saying, you know, in fact, I'll just go ahead and ask you because I've been saying this. Like, listen, people have been calling for Andy to not host the reunions anymore. And I don't think he's going to give that job up. Even I, I feel like Andy will be hosting the reunions even if he stops hosting Watch What Happens Live. Okay? Yes, agree. So I feel that I'll let Andy stay on Bravo. Just give me the reunions on Peacock. Start doing reunions for the Ultimate Girls Trip. Start doing reunions for Ex-Wives Club. Make that its own show. And just let I me host that. the reunions on Peacock. I'll take that. Oh my Gladly. god. I don't ask I could, for much. I would love it. Well, and you're, you're a lot less biased, I'm sure, than he is. Like, he has to be after all these years. Oh my god. And see, that's why I call myself Housewives Human Resources, because I don't operate in the way that I judge these women based on my favorites. Do I have my favorites? Yes, but it doesn't determine if my favorite girl had a shitty season, I'm going to say she had a shitty season. For example, Candy Burris had a shitty damn season. She didn't give a shit. All th- shit. All things. Yeah. Love her down. Love her down. But she had a shitty season. Period. Like, what else do you want me to say about it? And so I'm the type of person who's willing to come in and be like, listen, girl, nah, nah, you know I love you. But and however, comma. (laughs) And get to it. I feel like Andy is so used to doing these reunions and he's so used to these girls and he has such an interpersonal dynamic with these women that his biases bleed onto camera so easily in these reunions. It is uncomfortable to watch. It is sometimes. True. No, it's true. I think that different cities rather than others. So. Oh, one hundred percent. Like I feel like he's best friends with all with all of the Beverly Hills girls. I feel like with certain Atlanta girls, he'll like Kiki with <clears throat> with them girls. I feel like Giselle is his puppet. Mm-hmm. And She'll Karen, he just has a lot of respect for because. Karen gives what Giselle gives, but she's not a producer's pet. Giselle is just willing to do anything that's, that the producers ask her to do, but Karen gives the same amount of quality entertainment without selling her ass for it. You know who else does a good job of that, of of the Giselle role, is Heather. I feel like Heather is always willing to engage in some tomfoolery that has to be planned by production. When I say the battle of the high ponytail was the highlight of a shitty season in, in Orange County. When Heather DeBro looked Shannon Storm's Bador in her face and said, if you ever talk about my family again, it felt like, you know what it felt like? It reminded me of the season one reunion of Real Housewives of New Jersey. When they came back from the break and all of a sudden Caroline was turned the fuck up and she looked at Daniela and was like, what you did? <laughs> what you did? <laughs> like, that's what it felt like. It was like, girl, why you, why does it take this much? And Shannon is looking at us like we're all looking at the TV like, what is she giving right now? Like, this is way more intense than I bargained for. And wow. we're all like, yeah, bitch, it was. <laughs> I think that Heather 
and and the show and the network had something to prove with Heather's return to Orange County. So I think uh, I think that moment was fair. probably hyped a little bit. That you know, entire and, season was placed on Heather DeBro's back. Uh-huh. And from the moment she walked through her front door and said, I'm back. Yes. But Heather DeBro was not Captain Save a Hodo. Like, that's the problem. Heather DeBro is like a sniper from the side. She's not a center orange mean girl. Do you get well, what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. Like, she's the girl who is amazing when she's reacting to other people. She's not the girl who's who's starting all the drama. She's the person who's pointing out all the bullshit that everybody else is doing. So it's weird when she has to be the person to carry all of the drama. It's like she ain't got nothing to work with. Except Noella. Which is and that was situation. a mistake to let her go. I, I Listen, I gotta finish watching that season. Because I just... For me, <coughs> Noella's first season was like Bronwyn's second season for me. It was just too much at one time. Too much at one time. It was Sweet James. It was her personality. It was the fact that she only mentioned one kid on her show. It was the fact that I didn't realize she was half black until halfway through the fucking season. It was just a lot. It was a lot. I was like, yo, Noella... I can't take you right now. <laughs> I just cannot take all that. Like, I can't take all of that. That's a lot of housewives. Noella is a lot of goddamn housewives. I'll say that. I ain't gonna say good or bad. But Noella is a lot of goddamn housewives. I'll just leave it at that. She was, uh, she's an untapped resource for drama. I think. <laughs> a mistake to let her go. I'll take your word for it, because so far I've been able to buy into the majority of your opinions. Now, some of the things you said I don't necessarily agree with, but however, I can see how you you um come to your conclusion, so I roll with it. Now, I'm going to close with the ultimate Housewives question. I feel like anybody who's ever been a fan of Housewives, watches Housewives, has consumed Housewives, had know somebody who watches Housewives has either thought about this or has been asked this question. What's your tagline? <laughs> I I have it prepared. I've had it prepared for many, many years. Okay. Lay and, it on me. Because yeah. I just came up with, with, with... I literally just finalized and like settled on one that I actually liked two months ago. Oh, man. No, I've had mine for years. Okay. So, I've worked very hard for everything I have, and I always get what I want. Work. Short, sweet, to the fucking point. Mm-hmm. I love for that. Sure. I love for that. For sure. And I feel like it's very Kyle vibes. Like, yeah. I feel like I'd, I'd turn around and it would be like a really great like pose. I feel like it's Kyle vibes. I've worked hard for everything that I have, and I get everything that I want. Yep, there you go. Yeah. See? And Drama. as you said that, I pose in my bedroom. Yes, posing, hair flipping, <laughs> fan blowing, <coughs> forcing your oh. dress to move in the wind. Yes, 
throwing the train. I love when girls throw their train. It is so sickening. I'm like, it's just extra drama that is just unnecessary. But I love when the girls throw the train on their dress. It's like, yes, you are feeling it. I it's a nice, it. It's a nice closer. It's a nice touch. I love it. I think Camille had the best train throw that I've ever seen, though. It was she so did. aggressive. She did. <laughs> My tagline, I just came up with this a couple months ago, and it was because I was watching one of my favorite new YouTube channels, Deeply Deeply Superficial, and they were doing a video about taglines, and it made me think about it, and I was like, I finally came came up with one that I liked, and mine is, I'm totally not aggressive, just black. simple very simple thought inducing funny kind of uncomfortable That's yeah but I but I think that even throughout you know this phone call I feel like I've been able to understand where you'd be coming from with a tagline like that so I don't think it's too off kilter and like it's totally understandable and people would get what you were saying if yeah. they had conversations with you so I love it because I feel like people, like, I, I feel like that tag, tagline is truly inspired by where taglines used, used to come from. They used to be, like, the summation of the season for that, ta- for, for that housewife. Like, that house, like, like, their, like, their tagline was supposed to describe how their season went, right? And I feel like that would be a great tagline for me as, like, my first season as a housewife because... I'm the type of person, I come off seemingly very aggressive, right? But I'm literally just someone who just talks really loud. I'm just Black. I'm literally just Black. Like, I am very urban. I'm ratchet. I am very, like, I speak with Ebonics. I'm Black as fuck. And that can come off as aggressive. But I'm just Black. Like... (laughs) (laughs) and I feel like the way that I would engage with the other women I feel like I would end up having an ebony moment where somebody would assume that I'm more angry than I actually am to where I would have to actually say the words like girl no I'm not mad I'm just black like girl calm down it's not that deep but what I am gonna do is give you the facts of this situation and because you don't agree with me now you want to insinuate that I'm upset no no, 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 no. You don't get to pull the race card for me, shorty. Anyway. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for being here. Of course. It was super fun. And I love to chitter chatter like this. And I think that it allows for me to you know, express myself in a way that I'm not usually doing so, which is through content. So it was definitely enjoyable. Thank you. I'm so glad because, you know, I appreciated your presentation when I came across your page. And I feel like people like you are are part of the reason why I wanted to interview people on my, on my uh, podcast because on paper you seem to have opinions that I would not agree with, right? On paper, or rather on Twitter, 
people would think that you would have opinions that I didn't agree with. But even in our conversation leading up to this phone call, our views align a lot more than they differ. We may have two different perspectives on why we feel the way that we feel, but in a general sense, like, we've agreed on a lot more than we've disagreed on. Or I've agreed with your perspectives on things a lot more than I've disagreed with you, and it's because we've sat and we've had the conversation without a judgmental context or without a preconceived notion on your beliefs on housewives that that determines what type of person you are. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's all in how you approach a conversation. And I mean, clearly I felt respected enough when you approached me. So I feel like it allows for me to kind of allow you to understand how I am. Like, I think chances are if people would just get into my DMs or ask me how I feel about a situation, I would be happy to tell them, but they just assume based on my content, how I feel. So they never really get to understand the true thought process behind my content. And that's their problem. That's not mine. So I just thank you for coming straight to the source versus allowing my content to narrate me versus allowing myself to narrate me, you know? 100%. (laughs) See, I think as a fellow content creator, I can understand that perspective because I think a lot of people will listen to 60 seconds of my podcast and assume that I'm just loud and aggressive and just curse the housewives out with no real, with no real real context and people don't realize that I'm a lot deeper than that like do I like like do I like the kiki and talk shit 100% but do I have a purpose for the shit that I'm talking also 200% so but people just see people judge a book by its cover even though that that phrase is somewhat ironic to me but anyway um I just appreciate that even if because you knew that like people see your content a certain way like I appreciate the way that you handled me asking you do you want to come on my podcast because you were hesitant I was 100% you were like listen girl um (laughs) I appreciate the offer um I'm not trying to be getting up on here arguing with the people on the girls on the thing people don't usually like all the things that I have to say It's it's true, though. You know? I mean, at least I'm self-aware. And I respected that. Like, I respected it. Because I was like, you know, it made... For me, it made me more curious. Because I was like, what are you saying that people are finding? Like, what are you saying that people are reacting to that is such a big deal that, like, it makes you hesitant to talk about reality TV and you make content about it? Like... So when we had a deeper conversation about it, I literally, I swear, retrospectively, I didn't realize that it was like you just feeling me out to decide if you wanted to like come on the show. I, I somewhere in the midst of our conversation just gave up on the whole podcast and just enjoyed the conversation because I was like, we like, like, like we really took days to just like chat, get to know each other, express different opinions. And I was kind of good with that. I was like, this was fun. Like, I like talking to you. And then you randomly were like, so when do you want to schedule? Well, you know, I just, I feel once I find a comfort level, I'm good. But I certainly have enough protection of myself to make sure that, like, if I'm not feeling comfortable with it, I definitely don't. 
have that. And I could appreciate you taking that time to actually feel the situation out. Because, you know, as much as I appreciate people just blindly saying yes to me, whether they've listened to an episode of my uh, podcast or not, because when I ask people to come on my my show, as you know, I, I'll send you the link to my podcast and be like, hey, check the show out. Let me know what you think. You decide based on what, what you hear for, for yourself, right? Some people just say yes and just come on the show and don't know what they getting themselves into. Luckily, well, I'm not one of those girls <laughs> that would just, and, you know. Yeah, like, I just, I couldn't imagine, like, you even saying, like, some people would just say yes. I don't know. I just, I'm too protective of myself, I guess. But it is what it is. But once I find somebody to talk to like this, like, I'll come back. So whenever you're ready to talk about something else, maybe more a little bit targeted, like, closer to the end of Salt Lake City, like, let's do that. Oh, gladly. Like, I want to talk to you when it gets down to the, like, in fact, there's a lot about Salt Lake City that I want to talk to you about. You're de- I'm definitely going to ask you to come back. Cause, because I don't necessarily want to wait until Jen Shaw pleads guilty because I feel like they're going to drag that out to, through over half of the damn season because it just happened recently. So, like, but I feel like we need to dissect this whole Lisa and Meredith relationship. We need to de- dissect this whole fallout of bad weather. Mm-hmm. I want to just, like, there's a lot that I want to talk to you about because I feel like Salt Lake City is iconic for all the wrong reasons, but I cannot stop watching it. Mm-hmm. I know. It's so good. It's that fucking good. Yes. One million percent. So, mm-hmm. yes, 100%. I have to have you back. Thank you so much. Yes. We'll talk to you very soon, I'm sure. Yes, 100%. We'll be in touch. And I... And we'll we'll figure that out. We'll let... We'll let the season get rolling because I actually have to re- have to record an episode on the season premiere, actually. So we'll get into it, see how the season's going, and then we'll be conversing privately throughout the um, DMs and things. And then once we're like, okay, now we got to do this. Um, yeah. I'm sure it'll be sooner than later. Love it. Love let it, everybody it. know where they can find you. You can find me on uh, Instagram at real reality homosexual and twitter at real reality homo so come and follow me and then unfollow me if you don't like my unpopular opinion (laughs) (laughs) and with that being said we are going to close here thank you so much I will talk to you later we will DM after this and I hope you enjoy the rest of your night thank you so much love I appreciate you we'll talk soon talk to you soon babe bye bye Bye. All right, everybody. That was my conversation with Real Reality Homosexual. Honestly, this was such a fun interview to do because... It was a conversation that I didn't expect to happen. You know, when you go into a conversation with somebody who admittedly has unpopular opinions, you kind of worry about if you're going to agree or understand the perspective of what your guest is going to say. And 
you know, I went into this with the understanding that he stand a lot of housewives that I just didn't like. And I was prepared to disagree with a lot of his opinions. But my podcast is a safe space where there's no wrong answers. And I've had people on the show before who I just didn't agree with. You know, nobody's ever said anything that I truly felt was an issue or felt like I had to defend. So I was prepared for him to come on and have opinions that I didn't agree with or have stances that... I wasn't necessarily on board with, but I knew that he wasn't going to say anything that was truly problematic or truly out of the way. And that's exactly what happened. We had such a great conversation. And even though he stands and likes some housewives that I don't necessarily consider myself to be a fan of, we have a base level understanding of the same principles of life. And we understand each other and each other's points of view from a completely respectful point of view and perspective, even though we don't have the same choice in housewives. And that leads me to respect him in so many more ways, because at the end of the day, he knows what's right and he knows what's wrong. And he's not somebody who stands controversial or problematic behavior just because they stand a controversial or a problematic housewife. And so... This is honestly what I meant when I said I wanted to have perspectives on reality TV from all different types of sources because I didn't want to just have people on the show who I agreed with all the time or that I had all the same stances with. I wanted to have a conversation with people who liked housewives I didn't like, had controversial opinions. I wanted to see if I could understand perspectives and points of view that I didn't agree with or didn't understand based on how people came on and explained them. Not necessarily putting them in the hot seat or, you know, forcing them to prove themselves to me or anything like that. But I just wanted to give somebody the floor and an open safe space to explain opinions and points of view that they probably get a lot of shit for and then see if we can come to a common ground based on my perspective and my understandings of the HCU. So I can't wait to have him back on. I'm sure he's going to come back around for HCU Roundup and we're going to discuss all the girls and all the things. I hope that I get him back on for the Beverly Hills reunion as well because There's so much to say about these girls. There's so much to say about this reunion and there's so much to dive into. So, you know, crazy, crazy. But make sure you follow Real Reality Homosexual on Instagram. It's a great time. It's a great account. He's a great person. And, you know, I look forward to seeing all the things that he does with his content. And I look forward to having more conversations with him. If you liked the episode, make sure to give us a five-star rating and leave us a great review. If you didn't like the episode, leave us a review with as many stars as you feel like I deserve and leave me a review about that. Make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast, share, follow, 
all the things of the things, hit the notification bell, all of those things are the things. Thank the thing, the thank the things. Y'all know the drill. Make sure you're subscribed to my YouTube channel, Georgia Carolina. Georgia spelled like Georgia Smith, J-O-R-J-A, and Carolina spelled like both states. Make sure you're subscribed to both of my podcasts on Instagram, Real Reality Realness, as well as Housewives History, which is at Housewives History with MC. And make sure you get ready. Stay tuned. Stay aware. Stay in the know about the Housewives History podcast because it's coming very soon. It's debuting on October 14th. And it's going to be an amazing time, an amazing ride, an amazing conversation between two people who love nostalgia and love the good old days when it comes to Housewives. So if you like this podcast, you're going to love that one. Make sure you follow Megan at Real Housewives underscore Insta on Instagram. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Cherie Laveau. Um, Yeah. Thank you guys so much. And with that, I'll say this. Make sure you guys always be real, stay in reality, and always bring the realness. I am Cherie Laveau. This has been Real Reality Realness. And until next time, love you. Bye. Peace.